Welcome to the Asian Banking and Finance Podcast, where industry leaders discuss emerging trends and business models, their upcoming projects, and how the banking industry is evolving. In this episode of SmartStream Podcast, we're going to talk about the types of solutions and strategies that financial institutions can use to assist them in their technological journey. Andy, let me bring you into this conversation as well. SmartStream's Innovation Lab has been conducting pilots to fast-track and prove high-value AI business cases. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about what you're learning and what you're observing from some of these AI patterns? Certainly, Paul, yes. So in my role as the CIO of SmartStream, I lead the Innovation Lab. And the Innovation Lab of SmartStream is a facility in Vienna where we have uh, skilled and clever people that really want to improve today's financial services business. And our target really is to look at the highest value business cases out there. And to do so, we work together with uh, SmartStream's largest customers. And we typically create a team. So once we identify a, a good business case, we create a team where our customer provides the business know-how and the data scenarios. And we in SmartStream, we have the data scientists and we have mathematicians and technology experts. And we bring that in and, and, you know, in our DNA is how do we build good products as a software vendor. So we bring those skills in and, and then we conduct the PUC. And what we have seen in those PUCs lately with specifically AI and machine learning. And I agree with uh, Vikram, that's that's one of the main topics these days. Uh, we see that in reconciliation business, we can bring about 20% cost savings with that technology. And that's phenomenal because for many, many years, we tried to automate more. And now that technology comes in and we can really outperform what we have done so far. Um, and we are we are working at the moment on about 12 different projects with different banks. Some are already in production stage, so they became products, and some are still being innovated and, and optimized, and they are in the areas of data enrichment where we try to increase the data quality on workflow automations, where we, where we try to improve exception management, which is a highly manual task, and we use AI and machine learning technology to auto-classify and auto-assign things. So our target really is to allow quicker processes, better data enrichment, and to help the financial services industry to improve their processes. Uh, Vikram, Andy mentioned a, sort of a large number of different types of programs and innovations, each utilizing AI and ML. How do you and Standard Chartered measure the success of, of those sorts of implementations? So it's very interesting that Andy mentioned about how innovation and AI is helping the processes and workflows to be optimized. With at Standard Chartered, you know, it starts with customer journeys. We start off, we are having very clear matrices around if a process is implemented or if optimization is implemented, how it is helping our customer journeys, our clients, our internal employees, whether the journey is making a difference, whether our, we are able to relieve the pain points. Uh, whether we are able to build operational efficiency, whether we are reducing the manual touch points uh, with the processes which were uh, there today, whether the journeys which we have implemented 
whether we are able to bring some cost savings for our operations. Of course, analytics are the key differentiator for uh, for doing better decision making today. And lastly, whether we are whether we are able to scale up our operations capacity by by managing more volumes with the same or reduced staff. And Andy, how long does it take to get an AI technology into production and, and how reliable is that technology once it comes off the line? How does enhance the user experience of an application so that users can oversee the workflows and the automation that they're leveraging off? Yeah, Paul, that's a very interesting questions, a question because typically when you start off a project, you know what you want to achieve. Then you run that project when you achieve your POC criteria, uh, that is nice, right? But it's not a product yet. Building a product really takes time. It has to work in many ways and it has to be stable. It has to be maintainable and so on. It's tough. It's the same as building a standard product. SmartStream has done that for many, many years. So we, we know how to build that. But what is interesting is that with AI and machine learning technology, new, new things come in. There's a complete new area, which is called MLOps, which looks at how do you maintain machine learning in production? What does it mean if AI technology learns something in production you don't want it to learn? Yeah? How do you work with things that should be stable? Because it's not just zeros and ones. We now have know-how that keeps on, on progressing. So there are a lot of things that we have learned over the years. And also one interesting thing is because you mentioned UX in applications, that has changed a lot, how users do their job with machine learning technologies. Because so far with software, we had typically yes or no answers when it came to workflows. But now they're suddenly with machine learning technology, there's confidence. And what does really 72% confidence mean to a user, right? So it's really interesting to look at that from a completely different angle and say, what is very confident and what do you do with a very confident machine learning result? You can automate things that are 99% confident, but what do you do with the 72%? Do you suggest it to a user that the user has to confirm it or do you not show it at all? And how do you show confidence so that you make users aware that this is not a yes and no decision? So there are a lot of, of things that are changing at the moment. And I think it's, it's very interesting to see how users respond to that. And they see a lot of benefit, but they also see that they need a lot of confidence from the software and guidance from the software to allow that automation. Well, there's some really interesting points that have come out of that. You mentioned, for example, that one of the things that you have to do when you're developing new technology is understand how it learns and also be wary of it learning things that you don't want it to learn. I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that and what are the risks associated with machine learning technology that learns things that it's not supposed to? Yeah, that's a very interesting topic many people specifically in the banking industry look at because we need to provide high quality to the users. It's, it's very different than recognizing cat or talk, dog pictures, right? <laughs> um, so yes, we, and we do that. Uh, Robin can also talk a bit of how we do that in our product. So we incorporate that into our products that users are made aware that when the the rates go down of the AI process that the user can choose not to put that 
into production, right? We make them aware of what is being learned. In general, AI machine learning technology is very robust. If people make mistakes, if you do things a thousand times and one time you do it wrong, it would not mind. It would uh, learn from the other thousand times. But maybe, Robin, you can talk a bit about how we do that in our solutions. Tell us also a bit about the adoption of AI and machine learning into smart stream solutions and how can these solutions solve these sorts of issues caused by low quality data? Yeah, absolutely. The two kind of dovetail together perfectly. So where we get the uh, the AI and machine learning capabilities from Andy's team, what's really important is we can integrate them into the products as seamlessly as possible. So when the users are seeing the information that comes from that as a prediction, it feels very natural. And also as part of the, the, the workflow and the process flow, there's no interruption. So it continues through a standard cycle, but it makes use of these new capabilities, gets the enrichments, gets the predictions and, and the benefits of machine learning as part of the standard cycle. And that's really important. And to the point where Andy was just mentioning there about what do you do with a confidence that's a 70% versus a 90%? Well, let's see, uh, the way we are making use of the affinity predictions is that although the predictions are completely generated from the learnt behaviour of users through machine learning, we, we make use of that in a way that we can still enforce business certainty. We can still get the, rule, uh, the recommendations back into our standard matching capabilities and perform basic business tests in addition to uh, the predictions. So we can validate, further validate that we know for certain that the combination of data is exactly what we want, or we can categorize it in a particular way, even though the prediction was made without any of our involvement at all. Uh, and that would in involve you know, testing the confidence rating or maybe the combination of data or the products involved and, and so on. So you get the, the business certainty through static rules where you need to, to further validate the uh, predictions coming from AI and machine learning, which really does mean you're going to get very high quality predictions presented to the users uh, consistently. To your point on data quality, another machine learning service we, we offer is uh, the ability to learn and to predict data from, uh, from data that's been put into the system already. If you think of things like the broker codes and, and counterparty references, where occasionally you'll take on new data and you can't always identify them accurately. What we can do is to make use of a machine learning service to, to learn patterns that help you identify that this trade was involved a particular broker. And you can uh, have that predicted at the point of entry into the system. Because it can correctly identify that, that leads to two potential benefits. Firstly, it could give you an increase in matching rates. If that's a key data uh, matching attribute, it could help you there. But it also leads to improvements in things like MIS. So if you can identify um, the product or the instrument or the, the broker codes accurately at the point of load, all of your statistics and analysis that follow down the stream will always be better because you can chop and dice, uh, slice and dice your information way more accurately to the level you're really interested in. So, I mean, those, those are kind of two key areas, I think, in terms of the integration of the matching and the integration of data quality. I think we're really very excited by. Excellent. Thank you, Robin. On the next episode, learn when is the best time to replace manual operations and adopt AI and ML in data functions. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to our channel in Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast. For more information, check out asianbankingandfinance.net.